We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Here are things that we cannot change, but let's have discussions around the things that we can influence or that we can re-envision. So let's have authentic conversations that are about stuff that maybe, you know, bothers us in this building or this community, but, and then let's come up with solutions together so that we all feel, you know, that, that we're empowered. Dr. Chris Jones here and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Sandra Donahue is a passionate educator in her 27th year. This year, she enters her 17th year as an elementary school leader. Sandra is the instructor for the Principal Qualifications Course for Ontario, executive member of her local principal and vice principals association, elementary counselor in the provincial association, and a codebreaker ambassador. I'm super excited to have Sandra here today because she's got a lot of good stuff to say. And I just wanted to start by welcoming her and then asking her a little bit about mentorship. So welcome, Sandra. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. It's always a pleasure to be here. Love to talk all things leadership, mentoring, (laughs) uh, education. And thank you so much for um, inviting me. Uh, So mentoring and mentorship is hugely part of my passion. I would say that one of the things that I'm so grateful for is that right at the onset of my career, I was blessed by fabulous mentors who uh, really were instrumental and so influential and continue to remain so to this very day. So it's always been part of my mission to do the same. So the minute I had an opportunity to to see myself in a mentoring uh, capacity, which I believe is your second day of teaching. Uh, No, I just think that everybody has something to offer. And I think that as uh, people who are passionate educators, you're always in a position to be a mentor. So for myself, I have tried um, so from the very beginning to mentor any new teacher, LTOs, like people who are on contracts and trying to offer them support, guidance, and always, 
an opportunity to sort of brainstorm because I think sometimes we feel in education, we got to go things alone. There's this idea that you just have to know everything or you have to do everything. And I think we should be more um, generous with our, with our sharing of our time, even just with our open door policies, kind of, you know, come on in, take a look, or what do you like? What do you see? Um, How can you improve this if, you know, you have ideas? And I think that as a mentor, you know, the best thing that you can do is to celebrate others. So when you do see things that things that people are doing that are amazing, you should let them know. And you should say, you know, I walked by your room the other day and oh my gosh, I was so like, I was so inspired by, you know, how engaged your students were, or, you know, I saw this really cool thing that you had in the hallway. Can you help me to understand what that was? And would you be willing to share this, you know, maybe at our staff meeting or, you know, can I send this out? Or, you know, would you at least present this maybe to your division, because you want to just foster that and build that self-confidence and also that idea that we can learn from and with each other. Because sometimes we think that, you know, professional development needs to come from all these external sources. Maybe they have to find it in other spaces. But I think sometimes, you know, we can really cultivate and grow that within your own school community. And there's something about learning from your your buddy next door, right? Uh, Because, you know, sometimes you can, you know, really tap into that. So as an administrator, I really try to be a mentor and a guide in every facet. So if that's in saying to somebody, hey, you know, like, do you have your qualifications for this or that? Because I could really see you in this position. Or, you know, how can I help you achieve your goal? Where do you see yourself in five years? You know, sadly, Chris, some people have said, I have no idea because nobody's ever asked me that question. So I try to tap into that, right? And say, okay, well, let's think about that. Because right now you may love what you're doing. You may love being a grade one teacher, but are you going to love that in eight years? You know, or, you know, and how can you set yourself up for your future self being as fulfilled as your current self? So, you know, really trying to top in or sort of to tap into those kind of ideas so that people know that, you know, mentoring doesn't just look like one thing and it it can look like a variety of things. But in leadership, you have an incredible amount of opportunity to be mentoring every single minute of every single day with every single person in your system, including your students, right? So um, yeah, super passionate about it. Could talk about it probably for the next three hours. (laughs) That didn't come through at all. (laughs) I I was just going to say, talk about right out of the gate. I mentioned mentoring and (laughs) people need to rewind and listen to the first five minutes again, because the things that you hit on the idea of service, fulfillment, growth, stuff like that, you know, and it's, I love the fact that you said that because for leaders so often, it's a mindset, right? It's mm-hmm. it's the whole idea of what you said to start this whole thing off was everybody has something to offer. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes, you know, we get caught up as leaders, the idea of mentorship, we tend to think of it almost from a support type of aspect where if a teacher is knocking it out of the park day after day in the classroom, they still need a mentor. We can't, yes. we can't ignore them because they clearly have something to offer just as much as the person that's struggling in the classroom day to day where we have more to offer them, but that whole back and forth relationship. And I, I really love also what you said about the fulfillment and the growth. You may love what you do now and that's awesome, but 
you know, as leaders, we, we want to build people or we should want to build people. Let me put it yes. that way yes. to take the next step. I mean, we, That's right. I think personally, I should be working myself out of a job. I should be empowering people to take my place and, that's done through so many different ways. I did have one thing where you talked about um, recognition and celebration. Key, important piece. I tend to use Voxer to do that with my walkthroughs, the walkie-talkie app Voxer, so I can walk out. And what I always make sure I do is, hey, explain more of that to me so that we can have more of that questioning mindset. But so how did you, my, I, I wonder, and I know that you wanted to give back, how does a leader increase their ability to mentor teachers? Is it a jump right in thing? Is it, do they take different steps or? Well, that's a great question. I think, you know, to be honest, I think you have to look at every single moment as an opportunity for a mentoring moment and not in the way of like, okay, next you need to do this, but more like a, um, encourage that idea of a reflective practitioner kind of mindset, right? So asking good questions and getting people to really think about things in a variety of different ways. So I sometimes find that there's this ideology that exists in education. Okay. Like I, I know what I'm doing right? I know what I'm doing. And, and it's not a question of knowing what you're doing, but maybe sometimes it's a reminder about why are you doing what you're doing? And can you improve on what you're doing to have more of an impact on their, those you're serving, right? So if you're a classroom teacher, you're serving your students and your parents. So is there something that you could do that could elevate that experience for all those that are, you know, in front of you on a day-to-day basis? So as a teacher, you have an opportunity to not only be an instructional leader for your students, but to be a real true mentor to those students. So have you opened yourself up to establish a relationship, a reciprocal type of a relationship with the students that are in front of you so that they can say, you know what, hey, I could actually go to my teacher and ask them, you know, a personal question as well as a learning question. And then maybe you're sort of, you know, tapping into something because I really think that mentoring, sometimes people have a very closed mindset in terms of what that actually means. And they think like, well, I have to be an expert in order to be in a mentor. And that's why I said to you, no, mentoring begins your second day of teaching or whatever, right? Because you're in it, right? And you're, you're always a mentor and a guide. And I think sometimes it's more about, you know, the honoring the recognizing and then celebrating the things that are good and then asking good, rich questions. So for teachers, I use a lot of that. Help me to understand, you know, can you explain this to me so that I ensure I have the best understanding of what it is that, you know, you're doing and making comments like I would never have had that approach or that idea. I love this, right? Because it's so different from the way that I would have approached something. So if we're really trying to encourage our staffs and our teachers to be people who look from different lenses, we have to show them that there's different lenses out there. And then we have to say, that is so neat. You know, down the hall, two doors down, so-and-so is doing something similar, yet they're taking such a different approach. Isn't that so fabulous? You know, why don't the two of you talk? Because then you're trying to also build up that idea that you know, really at the end of the day, we learn from and with each other. And if we learn in relationship, we can really have, you know, maximum impact. 
So I, I feel strongly that mentoring is a much broader definition. And really it's, you know, trying to ignite that passion of constant reflection and learning and growth. And everybody has the opportunity to be in that situation. And even the people who are at the top still have mentors, right? They still have people that they emulate. So there's no, it's never finished, right? It's never in a state of like, oh, now I'm the mentor. No, because the mentor has a mentor, (laughs) right? And then, yeah. yeah, And then we just keep passing it on. So. Yeah, no, everybody, everybody needs somebody that they can, they can get that type of thing from. And I, I think what you said is really important for people to understand the idea that let go of the formal definition of mentoring because we hear mentoring. And so we think of a special mentor program, a licensed program where you have to meet certain times, but no, it's a, it's a much more informal affair than we tend to, than we tend to place on it. So I'm glad you said that. I do have, so I'm going to, I want to ask you a question for an example, like a personal example of maybe that you want to share with people of when you really needed a mentor that came through or didn't need a mentor that came through. So we can do a little bit of mentoring or teaching to people listening to this podcast, um, what they could do or what to stay away from when they need to. Yeah, well, I, uh, you know, did mention that I was very blessed. I had strong mentors right from the onset. And um, so a little example is I was supply teaching. This is right at the beginning of my career. I was supply teaching and I happened to be in a school that I loved just the energy and the feeling and whatever else. And I met a a teacher who uh, was just fabulous. And so, you know, in our conversations, she said to me one day, oh, you know, Sandra, you should really go and ask the principal to come in and, you know, watch you teach a lesson because this way then, you know, they could serve as, you know, sort of as a reference or whatever. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, who does that? Are you kidding me? And here's (laughs) the thing, Chris, I was in this situation, I was teaching like core French for three weeks. First of all, I don't have my French qualifications, but I was like, okay, I'll take the job. And I had enough basic French that I could make do. I said, are you serious? Like, I'm not even a French teacher. She's like, yeah, no, no, trust me, trust me, go and approach her. So I thought, okay. So off I went and I invited and I said, you know, hi, would you mind coming in to watch me teach? And of course, the the principal at the time, uh, she says, oh my gosh, of course I would. So we set up a time. I don't know where I got the gumption to do this, but nonetheless, I literally went and she came into the class and everything went wrong that was supposed to go wrong, but lots of things went right, apparently. I don't know. But anyhow, so the whole situation is done. And then I went back for the feedback at the end of the day. And she just had this litany of all these compliments and all kinds of things. And of course, to my mind, I thought she was going to say, oh, dear baby Jesus, could you please (laughs) never come back again? Um, So I was like, oh, my gosh. So anyhow, I sat there and she was just so great. She was supportive. Okay recognizing and honoring the fact that this was not, you know, my forte subject. She called it out, but she complimented the things that were inherent to who I was as an educator and the things that she could see that I was trying to do and the types of things that, you know, that I was trying to create in that classroom environment. And um, she was encouraging and she just, you know, was like, this was so great. And she, you know, supported, she was like gave me great feedback, guidance, next steps, tips, whatever. Through the whole time, she remained positive, but yet kept feeding forward, right? So just kept building. And I never forgot that experience to this day. 
to this day, she still continues to remain one of my most influential mentors. And I emulate so much of who I am as a leader after her, just knowing how she made me feel. She asked me questions about myself as a person. She wanted to know things about me. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm just a supply teacher, but all of it mattered to her. And I felt that. So, you know, I just thought, you know, one of the things that I would say to you that is so key as a mentor is just to be present with that person. And if you can do that with that person at that time, you know, then you're mentoring because you're you're showing and you're modeling the things that matter. And I knew immediately that what mattered to her as a principal was people. (laughs) she cared about the people and that's what mattered. So did she care about my perfect lesson? You know, the answer is no, she, that did not supersede the person who was, you know, there. And so I think again, what is a perfect lesson? I don't even know what that is. I I don't think one exists. That's my point, (laughs) but this is what we think you know, we're striving for when yet it's really not. We're striving to cultivate learning communities in every single classroom where everybody feels honored, valued, and welcome and celebrated, right? And where we're trying to find everybody's best gifts and then show them to them, you know, and say, listen, I know, I know, buddy. (laughs) I know that this you know, whatever, like you're not the best at uh, drawing, but you know, here's where your gifts lie. And this is where, you know, and then you can see the confidence, you know, soar. And it's the same thing when you're an administrator, because every teacher wants to be the best version of themselves, right? And I've always strongly felt that every single person brings the best version to of themselves to their building every single day. That includes the students, the parents, every staff member, right? And we're not always 100%. Sometimes the tank is really empty or sometimes it's like super full. Um, But, you know, every person is truly doing their best every day. And I think it's really important as a leader to remind everybody about that. So that's kind of To me, that broader definition of mentoring uh, was really modeled to me very early. And I have never forgot that because I know the way it made me feel in that moment. And I didn't feel that I was not worthy. I felt like, oh, wow, I actually did a good job. And I'm a baby, young, little mini teacher. You know what I mean? I need that because teaching is very hard work and you know that, right? It's really hard to know as much as you need to know. And when you're in your first year, everything is overwhelming, like absolutely everything. And you can't remove that for people. You just have to help them to go through it. So whatever you can do to support as we're going through it, is the best thing that you can do for others um, so early in the game. That's fantastic. You said so much, <laughs> so much there. I, I don't even know where to start, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll start with, because uh, I'd love to stay with that story for, for a specific reason, if you don't mind. I think that's a great story. Whenever anybody's in front of a classroom and, and leaders know, they remember when they were in front of a classroom, you know when a lesson's falling apart and, and you know when things are going bad. That doesn't need to be driven home on you. But look, you know something went wrong. You know when you're tripping over yourself. And if you could do better, you would. And that's what, that's what I like to remind teachers is that, look, nobody shows up to work saying, you know what? I'm going to do awful today. Mm-hmm. That's, that's nobody's goal. If they could do better, they would be doing better. And they know often when they're not doing better. 
So that, you know, that, that whole support piece. But you mentioned, to stay with this story, learning communities. And we all want to keep learning communities. And your principal, I believe you said at the time, the, the leader at the time, supported you. Uh, she made you feel known as a person. So she engaged you because, you know, a key part of engaging teachers into a classroom environment or into a school culture is giving them that belonging feeling um, and that connected feeling. How did or did she go on to because there was some point where um, she clearly empowered you because you moved on and now you're a leader. How did she empower you to, to continue to build that learning community? Was there a specific way or was it a feeling? Yes. Oh my gosh. So first of all, uh, Liz is her name. Uh, and uh, so like, just keep this in mind, Chris, I was a supply teacher when I had this experience. So I was not even a member of her staff. Which a supply teacher, because you're in Canada, supply teacher is oh, sorry, a, yes. subs- no, that's fine. a substitute teacher. A substitute yes. teacher. Yeah. That's what we call a substitute teacher yes. in the States. Yep. Can you imagine? So not even a permanent member of her staff. So first of all, the fact that she took the time to do that with me, Right. Hello. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's that's enough. Enough said. Right. But this is what I'm talking about. So that idea of being um, to me, what she did, number one, was she modeled the true ultimate service leadership right there. She uh, somebody asked her something. I'm sure she didn't have that on her day plan. (laughs) Like, oh, yay, I'm going to go watch a supply teacher teach a lesson. But she did it. And then she took the time to debrief with me. And then she just continued to um, serve as a mentor. She ended up uh, saying that, yes, and I will serve as a reference for you. I was able to put her name on my resume. I got a little baby contract because of her. And I got a, a second little contract because of her. And when she had an opportunity to hire me permanently, she did. So my first ever permanent job was under her leadership. And so, like I said, it's the essence of the mentoring. And then when we sat down and I was a permanent member of her staff, she asked me questions like, where do you want to go? You know, this is what I see in you. And she tapped into my leadership ability very early. Um, She felt very strongly that I had many things to offer. In my first year of teaching, she gave me chair positions on committees and allowed me to, you know, be an actual voice, like chairing a committee as a first year teacher. Like this is the kind of stuff. She was the ultimate learner leader. She was always learning alongside with her staff and she modeled that right from the beginning. And as I said, she cared about people and she modeled that all the time. So she ministered to her people all the time. And I have never, ever forgotten that and what that looks like and feels like. And I also had a very interesting uh, situation occur about six weeks into my into my job where I had a parent because I was teaching junior kindergarten at the time. And I had this parent who was really having a tough time. And what happened is my, the teacher, sorry, my teaching partner and I were, you know, saying goodbye to the, to the parents at the gate and the kids were coming into the classroom. And I turned around and this one little girl in my class who was crying really quite hard, but I, but I was, I knew she'd be fine the minute she got in the room. It was one of those things. And I had a really close connection to this little peanut. And, uh, and so I said to her mom, I said, okay, I turned around and I said, okay, say goodbye to mommy. And she started crying. And then the mom 
started freaking out and the mom had the separation anxiety and then she um, was crying and she was hysterical and she started, yeah, it was just quite a scene. Anyhow, long story short, my, uh, the, everything went bad. It was a terrible situation. So this parent went flying to the office and was saying to the principal that like, you know, oh my gosh, this teacher, you need to fire her. She's terrible. You know, well, and then my my principal, Liz, says, well, what did she say? And then the parent's like, she said, say goodbye to mommy. And my, of course, at the time, my principal's like, oh, okay, I don't think that's really bad. So I'm not really sure. <laughs> but anyhow, it was just one of those things. And again, in this situation, you can imagine, I'm first year teacher, highly stressed. Like this was unbelievable. I imagine, oh my God, a parent's gone to the principal to complain about me. And so when I went to go and meet with Liz and talk to her, she's like, she's like, Sandra, honestly, she, you you know, you said say goodbye to mommy. I don't think that that's bad. You need to relax because here I am apologizing like for all these things. And she's like, you've done nothing wrong. And all she did again, what did she do, Chris? She supported, she reassured me, she guided me through the experience. We walked through next steps together. Like how could I repair this relationship? We came up with a plan that I was comfortable with, that the parent was comfortable with. Do you know what I mean? So the whole thing was such a, was, was such a great experience because you were never meant to feel like, oh, you have to handle all of this. Right. Right, right. And so that's something that, again, I try to do in my building day in and day out when there's a situation and, you know, the teachers having high anxiety over making a phone call with a very disgruntled parent. I'll say, do you want to make the call from my office and I can sit here with you? Do you want to do a role play and you and I talk out the situation? Would you like me to be there with you? You could put the parent on speakerphone and I can be present in the room. You know, how can I support you to get through this? situation which you feel is is overwhelming to you because what I don't want you to do is feel like you have to do this alone right so I've always remembered that day you know like I would have absolutely crumbled as a brand new right out of the box little teacher thinking that I had disappointed my principal and that's not what happened so you know those are the times when is that mentoring Yes, it is, right? Absolutely. It's mentoring, modeling, guiding, supporting. It's all of those things. So that still stays with me um, to this day and resonates with me. And that's how I try to minister to those I serve all the time. You know, you talk about mentoring and it is all about every aspect of what I talk about with supporting, engaging, and empowering. I mean, those steps are all all in there. One of the one of the things you said when you first started your first year that you were led on committees and you were making decisions and things like that. And one of the important things is, I and I'd be willing to make a bet just hearing about Liz, boy, she's getting a lot of shout outs this episode, huh? Um, uh, I'd be willing to bet that once, once you were in that position, you made some decisions, she didn't second guess your decisions or try and say you did them wrong. I would assume that she just supported as you went along and kind of guided you so that you could you could realize that yourself, which is a key part I find of empowering people is that you have to let go of that control. It has to do with trust and control. And you have to realize that things aren't going to get done necessarily the exact way you would do them. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I can, and actually it's such a interesting uh, thing that you just said. Again, this is first year. So she put me in charge of doing the entire yard duty schedule for the upcoming year. And it was this (laughs) massive, oh yeah, it was this massive undertaking, but I had a committee 
And I had all kinds of things. And one day we were in the staff room and it was in June and it was like a thousand degrees Celsius. Everybody was <laughs> melting. Like we don't have air conditioning in our building. And we were like, oh my gosh. So we were sitting around and it was in the lunchroom. And Liz happened to be in there with her vice principal at the time. And everybody was saying like, oh, you know what I could use right now? And everybody was like, oh, I could, be, I would love this. I would love this or whatever. And I just said, oh, you know what I would love? I would just love some time to work on that schedule so that I don't have, so that we don't have to do it in that room because this room that we were in was like, again, you know, so hot. And, right. and Liz said, Liz looked at me and she goes, I can make that happen. And, and you know what I mean? And I was like, what? Perfect. And then she said, yeah, she goes, yeah, yeah. She goes, oh, for sure. She said, you know, Sandra, you could work over here. We could do this, whatever. And, da, 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 da. and, I, and I was just like, oh my gosh. So again, what it just showed me as well was like, you know, you got to ask for stuff. And you also have to be willing to, when people ask you for stuff, you have to be willing to say, okay, wait a minute, can I actually do something about that? You know, is it within my power or purview to be able to do something about that? So it's really also, I feel strongly like as a leader, I will try to say to my people, here are things that we cannot change, but let's have discussions around the things that we can influence or that we can re-envision. So let's have authentic conversations that are about stuff that maybe, you know, bothers us in this building or this community. Um, but, and then let's come up with solutions together so that we all feel, you know, that, that we're empowered. So here's things. This is our collective agreement. We need to honor this. We can't change that. But you know, we can change this, 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 and this. Let's talk about those things. And it really helps because it helps you with buy-in from your staff. It helps you with elevating voice because people are like, oh, wow, you're actually asking me like, you know, what I think or feel or whatever. And trust me, that actually takes time for people to <laughs> authentically give you their voice oh, because yes. they don't trust, right? Because they've never been asked in many cases um, or they've been ignored or just dismissed. So they they don't automatically just start jumping in with ideas. You have to build that. But um, eventually you can and you will. But I think it's important to set the parameters around what's actually a discussionable item <laughs> versus <laughs> yeah. let's just complain for the sake of complaining. So as a, as an administrator, I try to front load that and tell people right off the bat here, here, or right off the bat, here's your negotiables. Here's the non-negotiables. So let's scooch those non-negotiables off to the side because we can't do anything about them. Anyhow, whether we like them or not, they're there. Here are the things that are up for discussion, debate, conversation, you know, re-envisioning, all of those things. Let's really spend some time pulling those things apart and then improve the quality of our day-to-day -day in this building or, you know, see what you have to say about it. That's awesome. I, I'm so glad you brought up the topic of trust and building trust and getting people to go into that. That's that's one of the things I, I definitely want to circle back around, but that's a bigger conversation I think that we're going to open up. And I would I would just like to take a second first to um, hear from some of our show sponsors, and then we'll come right back. Today's podcast is brought to you by Better Leaders, Better Schools, the place out-of-the-box leaders in education turn to to grow their leadership skills. Maybe you're interested in making better decisions, creating your idea week, or building a world-class culture. Learn more at Better Leaders, Better Schools. Dot com. That's betterleadersbetterschools.com. I use Anchor to distribute the Seeing to Lead podcast because I find it to be the best tool to suit my busy schedule. Anchor has everything I need all in one place. 
offers hands-free distribution to everywhere podcasts are heard, and is free to use. I can use anywhere from some to all of its features based on what I need at the time. On top of all that, you can be mobile, recording, editing, and distributing all right from your phone. You can also easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And we're back with Sandra and uh, we're having a fantastic discussion about mentoring and how that really encompasses supporting and engaging and empowering your teachers. And one of the things you said, Sandra, before you left really kind of struck me and it had to do with trust and the idea that you need to build up trust. We do a lot of talking about trust. There's books out about trust, but without exception, it always comes down to them saying that trust is built slowly over time by small acts that are consistent. So how does a leader go about building that trust so they can really dig in and get to those authentic conversations that you were talking about? Yeah, that's a that's an excellent question. I think I think you just have to think of every single opportunity as an opportunity to be genuine and authentic to who you are and then also to be a person who stands by what they say. So I love to use the idea that all of us know <laughs> that in order for learning to occur that you have to create safe conditions for your learners in your classrooms. But as a leader, if you want to have a learning culture in your school, you too have to create those conditions for your staff. So you cannot ask your staff to be fully present for their students, be welcoming and kind and, you know, say, okay, I want you to be at the door greeting everybody every day. I want you to know people by name. I want you to, you know, celebrate your students. And then you are behind your door with your door closed, have no time for everybody or for anybody, and you don't know your people, right? right? So you have to be front and center. You have to be out there every single day. You have to go and say, hello, hi, how are you? I remember, Chris, you said your son had a game last night. How did it go? How did he do? right? Didn't you tell me that your daughter was coming home this weekend? Oh my gosh. Are you so excited? Like I'm so pumped for you. La la la. You have to do that. You have to know your staff stories. You have to know who they are as people, as human beings first. Then you can start saying, Hey, (laughs) (laughs) right. Because then they're going to say, okay, this isn't just you know, Sandra coming to be to, because, you know, she's my leader and she's doing this and doing that or whatever. But there's this idea of a trusting human because I am also interested in more than just who you are as an educator. I'm interested in you as a person. And I know that that person is the person that's in front of students every day. And if that person and I have a relationship or a connection that they know is a trusting two-way street connection, then they're probably going to take more risks and be more vulnerable in front of their students in their classroom, knowing that I'm going to support them and that if they require things, I'm going to provide them. Because a lot of also what I try to do is I ask them, what do you want? What do you need to make this happen? Right. And then what can I do to support you to do that? People come to me with ideas and I say, I love that idea. How can I help you make that happen? What do you need from me? What would that look like for you to make that happen? Because I love what you're talking about. And so if people come to me and they're like, I want to try this and that, I'm like, I'm in. What, What can I do? 
right? And then you're going to do it. So a lot of times, little things that I've done, Chris, is like, let's say somebody comes in and they're talking about mindfulness and they say, oh, I really want to make this happen, you know, in my classroom. And I say, okay, I love that. You know, how can I support you? And they're like, well, I'm not really sure or whatever. Well, I'll start firing them off articles, information. If there's professional development opportunities that are out there, I'll send them to them. If I know that there's stuff that they're interested in, I'll say, hey, look at this. I just found this workshop. Is this something that's of interest to you? So that's kind of like building that trust. They're like, oh, okay. So she's not only just listening to me, she's actually legit trying to help me to make this happen. And, you know, so that support can look a variety of different ways for a variety of different things. But at least you're showing that, no, I'm paying attention. Right. And I am listening. And so the trust piece is that you're actually doing what you said you were going to do. So, you know, that can be as small as when people email you, FYI, you might want to email them back, Uh, you know, or if they message you or they call you, you might want to say, hey, you know, I got your call and I'm going to respond. So and I know that sounds like it's really obvious, but it's not always happening. Right. And people feel just right. You dismissed and ignored. And when you feel that way, then you don't trust the person on the other end. So um, just responding to people or even saying, I can't deal with this right now, but I'm I will I'll make time for you tomorrow. Right. And then they're saying, oh, well, you're acknowledging and whatever, you know, and sometimes I ask people, is this something that you and I need to deal with today or can we manage it tomorrow Like, that's a good question to ask, right? Um, And then sometimes they'll say, oh, no, that's fine. You know, actually, it's great. How about this and that? And then we make a plan for when we're going to meet and chat. Um, And that's helpful because then they're like, okay, here's a solid plan. Because, you know, some people are good with the, okay, yeah, we'll get to it later. And then, you know, your planners, your planners on staff, they want a date, they want a time, right? But you got to honor everybody, right? You got to honor like whoever. I'm good on the fly or with a plan. And I can do either, right? And I'm I'm okay with being flexible or being like structured. So I know that about myself, but I also know that the people that I'm rep- like that are in my building are some of them are planners and they like that plan. And then others are, let's wing it. And you know, so you have to know that about your people as well. And then when you do that, they know that they can trust that you're gonna try to honor who they are and you know, be responsible for you know, uh, supporting them in a way that is good for them, um, which is what you're hoping they turn around and do for the students. <laughs> so it's <laughs> yeah, always in alignment, yeah, right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what you want, right? You want your people to be able to give your students uh, what they need, but you have to lead by example for that as well. Right? You can't just tell people to do that. Well, they can only give the students what they need if you're giving them what they need. Um, you know, and what you said about knowing your people, the planners versus the on the fly people, that all comes back to genuine interest. And I, I have a warning for everybody listening to this, every leader listening to this about what you just said. It's got to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't use being interested as a tool to get to what you want. No. You have to be interested because if, if it's not authentic, people are going to see right through it. And they're going to realize, and that's going to do more damage than if you weren't showing interest to begin with, because then it seems like you're being dishonest. So Yes, yes. And you know what? I I like how you said that, because I think to, you know, the people who talk to you, but you know, they really don't care what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So we know who they are, right? So you just, yeah. But I mean, when you ask people about stuff, you know, or whatever, hopefully you're doing it because you're a people person. 
if you're not a people person, then figure out what your thing is, but don't be disingenuous to yourself or to others because that definitely comes through, right? So try to be your authentic self is, you know, who you are. I am a social person. I am the asker of questions. I am that. Yeah, I know. I know. So nobody's going to look and say, oh, this is so out of character for her. They're going to be like, that's who she is. But again, you know, you're new to a community. They don't know who you are. So you still have to build that, right? So my, I'm just finished my first year at a new community. Um, So at the beginning, you know, people were like, ooh, okay, no, oh, wow. She actually does mean this, you know, like this is, this is true. Yeah. So, um, but that's, you know, part of you showing who you are to your people is just as important as them doing the same for their students. So again, everything's in alignment, right? Everything has to match um, or else that's when you're too wishy-washy, right? Because people right. don't know. Okay, when I go into her office, like what do they get? What, what's what's going to happen today? Exactly. That shouldn't be a question on their mind, right? That shouldn't be something that they're afraid of or fearful of. They should know who's going to be there that day. Every single day. Every single day. That's right. Whether you're tired or whatever, none of those things are, you know, excuses. And, you know, oh, I'm so busy. Okay, whatever. What does that even mean? Define busy. You know, yeah. But, you know, just trying to be, again, you know, present to those you're serving and being a person who's a listener is huge. And that's, a, that's, wow, is that a skill? We could do a whole podcast podcast yes, on yes, just could. listening because that is a huge skill um, in and in, in of itself, for sure. So all great stuff. We're just about out of time. But I have to ask you the two questions that I ask everybody that comes on this podcast. And the first one's about you and the second one's about other people. So the first one's about you. If you were not a leader, who, not what would you be? Who would I be? Oh my gosh. Well, I would say to you that I've always been a person who enjoys entertaining Okay. And yeah, yeah. So I always had this idea that I'd be like a lead singer in a rock band uh, nice. or, you know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. I'd be on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. And um, definitely in the, but again, like just for me, it's always about, uh, I love things that when, you know, you're in a situation and you have an opportunity to make other people feel good and happy and elevated and excited um, and motivated and stuff like that. So I always think, you know, I would have been a talk show host that had a talk show all about good things and happy things and being kind and, you know, uh, sort of things like that. You know, a radio show that had the same kind of things or, you know, nuggets about, you know, how to be kind. Those are the types of things that I used to think about. But I, but again, you know, for me, I am doing what I love to do. So I am thrilled that I am in this situation to be able to be uh, a leader and to be able to do what I love every single day, to be able to have a job where it doesn't even feel like I have a job. And I drive into the parking lot and I never get like that. Oh my gosh, I got to do this one more time. That's not in my, that's not in my, uh, in any of my years of education. And when people ask me, what's your favorite job? I always say what I'm doing right now. I've never not loved what I'm doing, which I think is kind of a good thing, right? So absolutely. I say leadership is the toughest job you'll ever love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Hands down. <laughs> yeah, hands down. So here's the next one. For all those others that have the toughest job that they love, this is where you bestow all your knowledge into, uh, into those listening to the podcast. What's the most important piece of advice you would give to leaders as they work to support, engage, and empower their teachers? You know, just remember your passion. Why did you become an educator at the beginning? What was your inspiration? And then try to live that every single day. We're, we all get days when we're tired or, you know, the, the bureaucracy gets to us or the political agenda, you know, gets you down. But don't make it about that. Make it about your passion, your love, your love for leading, your love for children, your love for your subject area or whatever it is. You know, and imagine that you're in, you're in a position where you can have such a positive impact. And that is such a blessing and a gift. Like I think about other people who have jobs where they just don't have that option at all, right? They, they don't even have a sphere of influence beyond what it is that they're doing that's, you know, actually going to impact another person. And I always think if you hold that at the center of what it is that you're doing and allow that to serve as your guide, you'll be so fulfilled by the end. So, you know, I'm nearing the end of my career and I am just as energized and excited about being an educator as I was when I got my first phone call to do my first, you know, gig. That's awesome. And so I love that. And that's the, the passion that I like to bring each every day to everything. And also maybe a little bit of what's next of an attitude. So what's next, right? Yeah, yeah. Never be okay with just, you know, what you're doing because there is no expert. There's just people who are in pursuit of better and try to be that, see that within yourself, right? So trying to be the better version of who you were yesterday always is going to serve you the best. So love the learning for the fact that it's learning and that we're gifted with that. One thing that I always say to my staff is, wouldn't it be the saddest day ever if we knew everything there was to know? We don't. Right, right. What a gift. What a gift that there's so much more that we can learn and explore and, you know, and change and challenge ourselves with. So never lose that idea that it is a gift and that we have so much a measurable opportunity in front of us. And yeah, so if you stay with that and remember that, remind yourself about that and let that serve as your guide, you know, you'll you'll enjoy. And the next thing you know, your first year turns to your 26th, <laughs> yeah. right? And then you're like, Oh my God, how did that Where'd the happen? time go? <laughs> yeah, 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 right? So That's excellent. Look, you've said some fantastic things today uh, about mentoring, about everything, about being authentic and relationships. I'm sure people are probably going to want to get in touch with you. So what's the best way to reach out to you for listeners? Well, I'm on uh, Twitter. You can follow me at Sandra underscore Donahue. I'm very active on uh, Twitter and I am, I'm always an email away. I could give my email or uh, yeah, I'm in the midst of sort of building some stuff in the background that are becoming, um, I'm going to have a book coming out with, uh, yeah. So, you know, little (laughs) things happening, stuff happening in the background, but yeah, it's all to come, all to come. So maybe by the time this comes out, we'll have more information for you and you can share that, but perfect. I'll put everything in the show notes is, you know, as you get information, just follow up and, and, uh, get it to me and I'll make sure that I put it all in the show notes for people to get, get in touch with you, check out that new book and, and see your website. 
Yeah. Thank you so much. No problem. Uh, I would love that. Yeah. And again, always a mentoring opportunity there, right? So and reaching the, yep, out. Yep. Yeah. So we're, we're always available for that. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me today. It's always a pleasure. And thank you, Sandra. It's, I, you've said some fantastic things. Um, and I, I love doing this with people like you because I learned so much. So um, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at Dr. C.S. Jones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Learn more at drcsjones.blog. Continue to improve and go have a successful week. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com B-E.